0: So what kind of friend would you seek for the end of the world?
1: Uh, I guess just a, a party person. Just a, a so Maybe be
0: at the TGI Friday's restaurant?
1: Yeah, pro- most likely, yes. I would like to think maybe I would have some cool, like, I would be the sidekick, but I would have some cool sidekick person who's on a mission, and we'd go on this grand adventure that culminates in the big ending but most likely i would just be at Frenzy's.
0: uh so you'd like to be part I, of the will smith or bruce willis led team to stop the asteroid
1: uh no not not the main group i just want to be on the side mission that's like it's more of a personal mission and yeah like in
0: the control tower as they're reporting back right And you're like throwing papers around and biting a pencil.
1: Yeah, I would be great at looking busy, but not really doing anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've practiced Um, my
1: whole life for this.
0: (laughs) I think I might be part of the the drugs and sex crowd uh, like you, but also my mom is a prepper. So if I do go to spend time with my family – I could go be in a situation like that guy who had his bunker all set up.
1: Right. That would be that would also be pretty cozy because I mean, I'm not really that much of an extrovert. So like partying would be fun for a while. But then after a while, I'd be like, I just want to go home and watch TV.
0: And we already know that we're capable of staying inside for six months.
1: Right. At least.
0: (laughs) All right. Shall we get started?
1: Let's do it.
0: Bing, bang, boom. We are Necromancer.
1: Necromancer.
0: I'm Shira. I'm a rom-com fan.
1: I'm Brett. I'm a horror movie fan.
0: And what do we do at Necromancer, Brett?
1: Well, each week we pick a movie from our respective genres. We watch those movies. We we review those movies. We talk about them. We have fun with them. And then we remix them. We turn the horror into a rom-com and the rom-com into a horror. And it's a pretty fun time.
0: It is. And this week's theme is the apocalypse. Armageddon time. The end of times. Yeah, just something um,
1: just a little something to distract you from everyday life.
0: Right, which doesn't already feel like the end of times. Right. Certainly I, I felt a little bit triggered watching the rioting scenes in Seeking a Friend at the end of the world because I thought it's not like that, it's worse. <laughs> yeah (laughs) it's way it's way worse even before the world ends after the world ends i can only imagine i mean i think we've perfected the art of rioting at this point so it, it can only go up from here
1: yeah i uh i'm i'm ready for the real world to turn into the last of us
0: or um what if it turned into escape
1: from new york that would be that would be better cuz they, they had plays they had plays and musicals in Escape from New York. Art
0: lives on even yeah. after the end of the world. That's right. <laughs> so, which movie should we do first?
1: Um, I honestly, I could go either way. I could go. Should we
0: get Seeking a Friend at the End of the World out of the way simply because you despise this movie? Is it okay if I out you?
1: <laughs> yeah, go for it. I this movie has a sense of humor. It's just not my sense of humor. <laughs> like I just I could not get into the more the more the movie progressed, the more I was just thinking I hate this movie even more. <laughs> even more I hate this movie. <laughs> But again, like we're, we're watching it to have fun with it. So this wasn't a movie that I was like looking for. Like, it's not a movie, like, I don't know, like the next Batman movie. It's not like a movie that I had high hopes for. It's just a movie that. You've got a lot riding on the next Batman movie. Oh yeah. It should be pretty cool. I like Matt Reeves. He did Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which is amazing.
0: All I gotta say is they better have another scene of Batman's parents getting killed because no Batman movie is complete without it.
1: Yeah, if I had to put money on it, I would bet that they don't.
0: Oh, that would actually... I mean, I'm obviously being facetious. That would be a very welcome change.
1: I think so. I think... (laughs) uh, Because with the Spider-Man reboots, the the Marvel Spider-Man, we never got... We never got an Uncle Ben scene. Like, the most we ever got oh, was... Oh, yeah.
0: Uncle Ben does die. Luggage.
1: Yeah. For Far From Home, he packs up his luggage, and the monogram is Uncle Ben's monogram. So, like, we get little hints of it, but, you know, I, th- I think in reboot culture, we're, we're pretty well beyond the origin. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Fingers crossed.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm I done with origin stories, which is why we're doing end stories today. But- That's right. I I will say in my defense, I saw Seeking a Friend at the End of the World a long time ago. And similar to the situation with Leap Year, I remembered parts of it. And I think a lot more I often remember whether or not the premise of a movie is something that interests me more than what happened in the movie if i don't remember that film very well so with leap year obviously the premise being a road movie through ireland as this woman tries to get to her fiance is very appealing to me as a rom-com fan similarly a road trip at the end of the world to find your lost true love is a premise that i think is also really rich and appealing Uh, And then I liked the fact that the movie ended with the world actually ending, because even though I am a rom-com fan, I'm also a deeply cynical person. And if you've heard my rom-com reboots before, (laughs) or you listened to me wish for the comet to hit a small town in Japan in your name in the anime episode, I was very upset by the idea that they might pull back from that um so i i want there to be real stakes in the rom-coms i watch i don't want it to be you know i mean there is a place for a rom-com that's all lightness and fluff but i think when you have that balance and you can mix tones in a way that's effective It really is entertaining and original to watch. Um, But, you know, the execution here wasn't necessarily there. I think it also comes from the fact that this movie, right, is Lorraine Scarfaria's. um, It was her directorial debut. She'd written some movies and those were directed by other people, but then this is the first one she directed. And then most recently, she directed Hustlers. So, you know, you could say that this is a director who's growing or in the process of growing while making this movie.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I never saw Nick and Nora's Infinite playlist, but I mean, I would be open to it. But also, I didn't really like this movie. I know that some people do. I didn't really like Hustlers, and I know that some people do. So I'm in. I hate the,
0: women, Brett. Uh, so much. <laughs>
1: I hate them so much. They're so weird. They're so opposite. They. I don't get it. I just. Where's don't get the penis? Women. Right. So, uh, I just. I mean, yeah. She, she's not a filmmaker for me, I guess. But on the on the scale of like one to ten, how how angry I am over her movies and how. V- how the, the need for me to be vocal about my disliking of these movies, I'd say it's a one or a two. I I don't... Other people like these movies. That's what would fine.
0: you rather, Brett, what would you rather do? Watch Seeking a Friend at the End of the World again or endure another Hugh Grant movie?
1: I, I would probably go for another Hugh Grant movie <laughs> just so I could have more... Hugh Grant notches on my belt so that I could say I'm not a Hugh Grant fan either but but, uh, I don't know I did like how every time I typed seeking or, or wrote seeking all I could think of was the sea king from One Punch Man who is probably my favorite villain of that whole series so every time I did think of this movie I thought of One Punch Man which is it's pretty nice
0: well, I guess it's the little things that get right. you through it. So <laughs> why don't you summarize this movie for us?
1: Sure. So it's the end of the world as Dodge knows it. His job sucks and his wife has left him. Oh, she ran.
0: Also- she literally right. ran.
1: And that's his real life wife, right? What's her yes, name? Yes, it is. Yeah. Nancy Walls or Nancy something. Carol Baskin.
0: Uh, I don't know.
1: So she, um, oh, also, I don't know if I mentioned this, but there's a giant meteor heading to Earth that is going to kill everyone. So end of the world indeed.
0: And the Armageddon team failed.
1: Right. Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: There's no Will Smith or Bruce Willis to save the the Earth.
1: Not this time. Uh, And so we just kind of get a glimpse at how crappy Dodge's life is. And then he goes to his friend's house, and his friends are Rob Cordry and Connie Britton. And they have this giant end of the world, two weeks left. Honey Burton's so hot. Ah, oh, she's great. <laughs> uh, she's, she's um, they have this giant dinner party, and they try to set up Dodge with their friend who is played by Melanie Linsky. Friend of the
0: podcast from yeah, But I'm a Cheerleader.
1: That's right. And so she she's very cute, but Dodge is like, he's not really into starting up a new romantic relationship because he's not really a fling guy. He's more of a committed relationship guy. Uh, we also get Patton Oswalt. And so this movie, and Rob Hubel is in the beginning. Uh, oh yeah, he, has, he like, falls
0: on top of Steve Carell's car when he comes. Right, suicide. he has like
1: one line. But uh, this movie has a bunch of great people in it. But I just, I, I, just, I don't know. It just didn't connect. Uh, Connie Britton does try to make a move on Dodge and he turns her down as well. There's a bunch of cocaine at the party, stuff like that. Uh, but Dodge isn't really into it. So he goes home and there he meets his neighbor, Penny. And Penny is very quirky and very sleepy. <laughs> you
0: hate quirky <laughs> women. You hate quirky. Do you hate manic pixie dream girls? I think
1: the, is there an example of a manic pixie dream girl that is good? Like, I, I'm sure there is, right? Like, oh, that isn't a destructive force. Like, I don't know. I think like Natalie Portman in Garden State, I liked I liked that movie when I was younger, but I don't know I haven't revisited that movie. I'm sure it's fine. I just like Natalie Portman. She's cool. Uh I I don't know. Like I I like I like Lelou from Fifth Element. She's quirky.
0: I mean, I don't think an alien counts as a right. manic pixie dream girl, but No I'll give it to you.
1: Um, but I, I don't know. I don't think I'm necessarily into the manic pixie dream girl, like Annie Hall. I liked Annie and Annie Hall. She's kind of like a, she's
0: definitely a proto, yeah. proto
1: pixie. Um, and so, but I, I like Kira Knightley. She's good. She played Domino. Did you ever see Domino?
0: <gasps> I love uh, Domino great so <laughs> much, you know, Domino. Uh, sorry. I side note just about Domino. You can cut this out. That movie when it came out was life-changing. My friend, my best friend Jasmine and I saw Domino in theaters. It was like we'd never seen anything like this. We already loved Keira Knightley from, I think Bendit like Beckham, but then this was the role where she went bad and it was just uh it was so great to see her kick ass as a bounty hunter. And yeah. then I think what is it Ron Perlman's the guy her mentor?
1: Uh is it Ron Perlman or Mickey Rourke?
0: Oh, Mickey Rourke! Sorry, yeah, this some, is like some crumpled paper bag looking guy. You know, right? This is those. post
1: Sin City Mickey Rourke in his second prime, kind of.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, Tony Scott he's...
1: just directing it up, tearing oh, shit up. It was,
0: it was so cool, and honestly, pretty feminist. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna throw that out there. But, anyways, yes. We are totally on the same page on Domino.
1: Yeah. So Penny Penny is the next door neighbor. She's having a bad relationship with her boyfriend and they're breaking up and she's just got all this stuff going on. And so uh, Dodge being a good guy lets her sleep at his place, but she's very, very sleepy um and then the next day
0: through the apocalypse
1: that's right so could i mean so could i but uh the next day she gives him a bunch of his mail that she had accidentally received in her mailbox and she also mistakenly refers to his ex-wife as his roommate and tells him how happy she was with her boyfriend the other man in the relationship that steve carell had no idea existed um but then dodge reads a letter from the mail from his high school girlfriend uh the one who got away and she admits her love for him as well and then uh, dodge goes to a park and passes out and wakes up with a dog and a note that simply reads sorry and i thought that was very scummy behavior on whoever was the owner i mean maybe that person uh, you never know but also
0: it's like It's the end of the world. Why wouldn't you want a little furry friend? I know.
1: The end of the world. I'm not giving away my dog. That's my best friend. Uh, But then there's some riots. Penny helps Dodge escape and Dodge helps Penny escape. And they leave her asshole boyfriend behind. He tells her he has a plane and she promises to reunite him with his high school girlfriend. So it is road trip time. Uh, they get into a car with a strange man who is then shot by someone that he has paid to shoot him so that he wouldn't have to be alive for the meteor. And they take his truck and they drive to Frenzy's, which is a Friday's-esque restaurant. There, TJ Miller and Gillian Jacobs play the hippie waiters. Uh, Dodge and Penny leave the restaurant and have sex in the truck. Then I they- like that
0: they just had, like, a casual thing in the truck. Like, it was just a moment.
1: Right. Yeah, it was a very nice moment. Um, But then they drive away, and they are stopped by a cop for speeding and a broken taillight and expired registration, and they are thrown in jail. The guy who plays the cop is one of those guys. You would recognize him. But in jail, they have a heart-to-heart. And then they are let out by Jerry from Parks and Rec.
0: Yes, and he spills coffee in a very Jerry way. Right.
1: Oh, Jerry. Uh, they,
0: they told, they directed him. They're like, just be yeah. who you are on Parks and Rec. <laughs> we, want, we want that guy. Uh,
1: and then they go to one of Penny's former lovers who is a total alpha male. And he's got a great bunker plan with his buddies for the end of the world. And he wants Penny to join him so that she can basically be the queen of the post-apocalyptic world. And she declines because she's on a mission to get, Dodge to the lady, and so they they borrow one of his cars and they go to the lady's house and it's her
0: parents' house.
1: It's her parents' house, right? And they they listen to records and they eat dinner and it's very nice and sweet. And then the next day they go to the house where the lady really is, but instead of Dodge meeting her. He writes her a letter. This is where my, my, my review just... This
0: is where you hated it?
1: <laughs> it just becomes more and more as the movie goes on. I'm like, oh, why? Like, of course this movie did this. I just... So here we go. He leaves the letter at the door. They drive away. They go to a beach. People are getting baptized. They have some fun. They have a little barbecue. They wake up. They go to Dodge's dad's house. And he hasn't spoken to him in like 25 years. And then Dodge basically tells her dad to kidnap Penny... And fly her to her family. And he steals Penny's records. And then he goes home. Oh, you noted that he stole her records? Yeah. He he just, without saying goodbye, he's like, okay, take her to her family. And I'm going to steal her records. And then... He goes home. Say, he, okay, he, one thing about the
0: record thing. I just need to note this because this, I do find this to be an annoying quality that's often given to manic pixie dream girls. And I think vinyl people are the vegans of the music listeners. They have to yeah. tell you about vinyl in every conversation. And I'm just going to say it I think it's annoying whether you're a man <laughs> or a woman. But yes, those records are actually really expensive because she has she has some solid gold classics in there. And so they're, they're that, that is legitimate. To her.
1: She, that's the one thing she saved from her house. She didn't grab anything else. She just grabbed an armful of records and he stole them from her. And then he goes to the home, he listens to them. Then Penny shows up and they go to sleep in the bed, and the world ends. And that's the end of the movie.
0: They also declare their love for each other. <sighs> By that time,
1: I was ready for the comic.
0: <laughs> Were you glad the world actually ended?
1: Uh, I didn't. I really didn't care either way, because I knew the movie was, was hitting the end of its runtime, and I was like, either the world is fine and they're happy together or the world ends and they're happy together in their last few moments. Either way, I have no investment in these characters. I, I don't know, man. I just, I felt like this was very done, night of the living dead where it's like, yeah, the movie isn't bad, but it's just every premise they had. I felt like they didn't, they didn't utilize it to the, like, T.J. Miller and Gillian Jacobs. The only thing I noted in my review is they show up and they play hippie waiters. That's They're in it for a couple minutes. They make pretty much zero impression, and then they're out. Rob Corddry's in the movie. He makes pretty much zero impression, and then he's out. A, b- a bunch of people just kind of show up, and then they're out. And, and they make...
0: But there's a way to make that setup work, though. Like, there are other movies that do that exact same thing, and and it's enjoyable. Like, for instance, you've mentioned This Is The End before. Right. And This Is The End does that exact same thing, where they bring people in and they go away. But they're able to land the jokes while they're in in such a way and make an impact to where It's not something to complain about. So I think when these movies don't work, what tends to be the thing that doesn't work for me, and I'm curious if it's the same for you, it's the tone where maybe the movie is going for a mix of different tones or trying to slide from serious to comedic to mellow but it doesn't feel like it's decisive or intentional. Um, like they don't have as much of a grasp on what the tone is supposed to be, or it's not certain about where it wants to go. Like, I think that there are moments in the movie that feel mad cappy or high comedy, but instead of leaning into it, they kind of leave it at that. Right. Adam Brody's character, the, the ex-boyfriend, I thought he was funny.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, he was funny, but I mean, again, like the fact that the whole movie just kind of swirled around in my mind and all, all like this movie has a bunch of great character actors or little people showing up for these, these small moments. I just, I definitely thought of this is the end while I was watching it because I was thinking, you know, what if these characters had a stronger perspective before the apocalypse and then they were making stronger choices during the apocalypse or the the two week prior to apocalypse in this case? Like in This Is The End, the characters... We we know we automatically know them more because they're playing themselves, even though they're playing right. cartoon versions of themselves. Like we already have this connection and they're making strong choices. Like Danny Bride being a total asshole in that movie leads to, you know, this fucker's got to go. Which is I mean, that's like one of the only things I remember from that movie. <laughs> and it's uh it's a great moment, but I don't know. I just thought like this did you ever see Detective Pikachu? <laughs>
0: No, I have not seen Detective Pikachu.
1: This movie reminded me a lot of Detective Pikachu because the, the 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 movie starts with two insurance people who play it safe, and then they have to go on an adventure that leads them out of their comfort zone. The only difference is the insurance man playing it safe who then has to go on an adventure works better in a kid's movie with little pocket monsters running around with special powers because that leads to more hijinks and he's got to step out of his comfort zone more and learn to grow. Whereas in this movie, he's more of a passive character. Who's just kind of tagging along with this quirky girl while he's on a mission that isn't really leading him out of his comfort zone.
0: So you saying that if we replace the manic pixie dream girl with Pikachu, this movie would have worked for you?
1: Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I thought Pikachu was a great movie. Uh, I mean, it's not, it, you know, it's not like Lego movie level of, you know, this should be a bad movie, but it's really fun. It's, you know, it's a silly movie. I like Pokemon. I played it growing up.
0: Yeah. The Lego movie was a masterpiece. Yeah. And <laughs> everyone slept on it. A, a
1: total unexpected masterpiece. Yes, um, but yeah, I just, I just think that this movie could use more strong choices because I just felt like every time the movie s- had a fun premise, they just stopped the premise to have Dodge and Penny have a conversation, and I, I was just like, I just, I'm not into these conversations.
0: Okay, so I know that we. We remixed the rom-com as a horror, but I have a speculative question for you. If you could take one premise from this movie and flesh it out in the way you wanted, which one would you pick?
1: Probably the frenzies. It'd be pretty cool if you had like a waiting meets this is the end, you know, sort of like, I don't know, maybe like a Footloose scenario going on where it's like the strict religious town, but it's the end of the world. So all these people that are hippies meet at a restaurant and they teach the religious people how to relax and enjoy life while they have it. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think that that is a good point because the frenzy scene... Was pretty like stronger than the party scene as being sort of a, this is the sort of fun you could have at the end of the world. Um, yeah. There's no more, <laughs> we burned all the chairs. Yeah. There's only booths. There's drugs. There's mudslides. The kitchen's getting creative. Everybody is having sex with each other. I think that it would make a really fun sex comedy. Um, and yeah, no, it would be exactly that waiting, uh, meets, uh, the end of the world. Doesn't waiting also have Anna Ferris in it?
1: Yeah, I think so. Mm. Mm.
0: Anna Ferris and Ryan Reynolds, two comedians who can really act the shit out of a comedy.
1: Yeah. I know that was
0: redundant, but, (laughs) uh, they, they are funny people.
1: I agree. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't have too much else to say about this movie. So I don't know if there's any scenes or characters that no, stuck out to you. No, no. I
0: just, I just wanted to ask you a bunch of hypotheticals. <laughs> so one more hypothetical. Even though everybody dies, who would you kill from this movie?
1: Uh, yeah, I I really, I, I don't, I didn't even think about it. I, I maybe just dodge. Just put him out of his misery.
0: <laughs> Why don't you rest just... his head gently on a stack of pancakes?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. How about you? Was there any character that stuck out?
0: I mean, everybody dies. Um, I guess I would maybe kill the cop who continues to arrest people in the apocalypse. But I mean, it's kind of a harmless arrest and he, they get let go. Um, if not them,
1: if anything, he gave him a place to stay for the night.
0: Yeah, no, that's not bad at all. Maybe <laughs> Steve, maybe uh Dodge's wife who left him.
1: Yeah. Uh, because she
0: couldn't, she couldn't actually just tell him that it was over. Right. Like she just disappears, I would be worried.
1: Yeah, which, yeah, she just run. The first scene of the movie is her running away from him. Right. Her, yeah. Uh,
0: so, yeah, I probably, probably her. Good call. So, I'm curious to see how you turn this into a horror movie.
1: Okay, well, uh, I I just went into to the the I, I recommended extraction a couple episodes ago, and extraction has one of the the action movie tropes that I love, which is the Death Wish hero who finds something to fight for. So I kind of just went with that.
0: Ew. And I
1: wanted to just make a maybe like a super gritty, Movie where it's a character who is extremely good at killing people, but he hates killing people. However, he's got to do it because he's got to do it for the greater good, but the more he does it, the more he hates it, and the more miserable he gets. But the more miserable he gets, the more he fuels that fire to kill people.
0: Like Mike from Breaking Bad.
1: Mm, mm, uh, I don't know. I think Mike is... Mike is a little bit more complicated than that. Um, Mike's, Mike's a great character. Uh, so my my title is called Deathpocalypse, which <laughs> that has like- to be a title to something somewhere.
0: It's probably the name of a metal band.
1: Right. Easily. Um, and so the the guy who starts out, right, Dodge, he's I'm going to say he's in his 80s. So I'm going to go with one of those, like, super... Whoa, you
0: aged him up so much.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with one of those super old man Rambo grumpy heroes who, like, you ever see those videos on, on Reddit or YouTube of, like, you know 60 year old boxer knocks out 20 year old punk and it's some guy yes. in the ring and it's like i, I can take on this old man and the old man just one hit k o s him cuz if also, you're old it-
0: 60s not that old 80s old
1: yeah but it's a movie you know what i mean it's like <laughs> this old grizzled like i'm i'm picturing old in the sense of like like uh Sin City um Mar from Sin City how he's just got yeah. scars all over his body he's a cartoon character he's he's just weathered this, right yeah just this weathered old man who's miserable and so throughout his his life in in all of his decades he's gone from various things so he's going to start out with sports in his in his youth and then he goes into the military graduates into special forces then he gets into like secret shady contract work and then becomes a bodyguard to some rich or powerful person. And so in his fifties, he's a bodyguard, but then he starts to slide down and then he becomes like a repo man. So his, his strength abilities are starting to, to become less about killing and more about just being a threat to people. And then he becomes a bouncer. And then in his eighties, he becomes a quote unquote gardener to a rich person And he lives in this like little shack in their backyard. And, you know, the rich person has a giant lawn and they're growing food and vegetables and stuff. But it's the end of the world is coming because, I don't know, Meteor or something, same as this movie. And so the rich person is like, I don't want people going into my garden, stealing my food. So I need someone to protect it. So they hire Dodge to protect their garden. And so Dodge just spends all of his time during the day cultivating the garden and making all the things grow. But then at night when people try to come and steal from him, he like beats them up or he has his Rambo machines or, you know, devices like little trap wires and stuff. And so that all of that is just set up to the fact that at some point, some lady, some girl is going to come and meet up with him and her sister is in a cult. And it's the end of the world, and she wants to spend the last days with her sister, but she can't because her sister's in this crazy cult, so she kind of like hires Dodge to take her on this road trip to go get her sister back.
0: Oh, you can only imagine how crazy the cults are during the actual end times.
1: Oh, you have no idea. So I just set up five little kills for the movie. Uh where Mike is basically alpha badass super killer and these people are just completely outclassed, but they all have these religious ideas. So they're not they're
0: gonna cultists.
1: Right. So they're not gonna like give him what he wants because they have the ideals above anything. But he's going to kill him because he's going to get the information he needs.
0: Oh, can I make a note? Yeah. What if the sister's cult has a thing where the cult members take PCP? So it's like, even though he's stronger than them, they're all like doped up and on roids or drugs that make them stronger than they usually are. So it's like an extra threat.
1: I think that's a very good idea, but it should be escalated. So, like, it starts out small, but then by the time you get to the cult leader, he could have, like, this Bane mask venom thing that's on his face. And he's, like, just injecting PCP straight into his system. And he's, like, super drugged out. I think that's a great idea. Um, But the first one is they don't really know where the compound is, so they got to go to some guy... And this guy isn't willing, He, you know, he worked on the compound somehow and he's not willing to give up the information. So what, what Dodge does is like, he crushes his windpipe. And so the guy is slowly suffocating and he's like, listen, you've got five minutes to live or two minutes, maybe he's like, you're dead. There's nothing no one can do to save you. There's no surgery that can save you, whatever. So you got to write down where this compound is because- you're dead anyway. You know, something like that where the guy does it. I'm thinking maybe once they get to the outer edge of the compound, there's, like, mines all around. And so they have to, you know, like, there's, there's like, a moat, but instead of a moat, it's mines. And so there's a guy in front of the mines who knows the path or something, and he's surrounded by mines. I don't know. Basically this guy knows where all these mines are and Dodge gouges his eyeballs out and leaves him so that the guy can't go anywhere because now he can't see where the mines are. He can't read his map. So he's stuck surrounded by all these mines. You know, it's kind of like it's, all of these are very Samurai Jack-esque vignettes. I um, like this version of Dodge. Yeah. And then maybe there's like a bell and there's like a bell ringer who's supposed to alarm the cultists if crazy stuff is happening and dodge does something. I'm, I'm going with like a a, 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 breathing eyes, nose, taste motif. So the bell guy dodge, like rips off his ears or something and makes it so that, you know, he, he leaves them so that they secretly dis disable the bell so that when the guy rings it, no one can hear him. But they they also rip out the guy's ears and leave him. So then when the guy wakes up and he's ringing the bell, he thinks he's warning the town, like, hey, there's danger, but he can't hear the bell, and he doesn't know that they disabled it. You know, Maybe it's on a speaker system or something. So he, he thinks he's warning them, but really he's doing nothing. Uh, so it's very violent, fable-esque fairy tales. Uh, the fourth kill I have is just a chef and poison. Maybe that's where like we can start to fit in some of the PCP stuff. Uh, I don't know how he kills the chef, something involving overfeeding him or ripping his jaw off, or very violent, very Sin City stuff. But then we get to the end. The cult leader has a bunker and he's got like an amphitheater and he's going to. Is the
0: sister one of the wives?
1: Well, yeah. So he's going to, he's got a bunker and he's going to like, let's say he's got a hundred followers. He's going to take 12 of them on as his disciples and start a brand new world. And this whole time they've all been training to be part of his disciples. So they're all there. They're all gathered around to do this final bunker ceremony. And as they're doing that, Dodge and Penny run around and they find her sister And they they maybe if they meet anyone else likable, we can get them in on the group. If they meet a dog, the dog can join the group. But basically, the cult leader is going to have this big ceremony. And there's a bunker with a timer on it that you can't get into once it's sealed. So while Penny and her sister are going around getting all the good people into the bunker, Dodge confronts the cult leader In the amphitheater, and that's where they can have the big fight where the guys hopped up on PCP, and Mike is just like, I don't need to survive this fight. This is the fight I've been looking for my whole life. The fight that's finally gonna kill me, put me out of my misery, so I don't have to live in this miserable world and kill more people. But like a
0: Viking, he needs to die in battle.
1: Yeah, and so he doesn't need to, but he wants to, right? Like he doesn't, I mean he doesn't want to die a miserable death, but he's got to stall this guy long enough for Penny to get into the bunker. So he's got like, he's got to do it. And so finally, when he kills the leader, the people are like, Oh my God, you know, of course, cult people are crazy. So they're like, that was our God. You destroyed our God. That means you're our new God. Like, what is our fate? Oh, glorious one. Who are you going to save? How are you going to change the world? You get to decide the fate of the future. Cause you're in charge of the bunker. And Dodge is basically like, uh the fate your fate is death apocalypse and just then he 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 like reveals that the bunker is already sealed only the sister penny and her sister and the good people and the dog are in the bunker and everyone else starts to freak out because they realize like they don't even have a chance anymore they're all dead and everything they thought they knew was fake so they all just start running around like crazy but of course there's mines all around the compound so as they're trying to escape they all start blowing up and it doesn't matter anyway so mike just sits back and watches as these people destroy themselves and fight each other and then the comet hits, and he's like, "Ah, finally, I got what I wanted. All the bad people are destroyed, and Penny and her sister, and the good people, and the dog are safe, and they'll start a brand new life somewhere." Death Apocalypse.
0: That it it lived up to the name of Death Apocalypse, and right. for that, I'm glad.
1: Yeah, I could just see like an old grizzled man actor under all this heavy makeup to look and just make him look cartoonishly brutish, but wrinkled. And then all these cult people are like, what is our fate? What is our fate? And then the guy just like, (laughs) deathpocalypse. They're like, oh, shit, we're fucked.
0: (laughs) I definitely think that that part of the scene is going to be in the trailer for the movie. So when people like, you know, it'll be one of those, um, uh, one of those movies where it's like a flash of a scene and then that bomb sound. And then we'll get like a few unrelated what the fuck images. And then deathpocalypse. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and then another random image, and then a few fast images of like the crazy violence, and then boom, Death Apocalypse title screen.
1: Yeah, the movie might make a better trailer than a movie, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's most movies these days.
0: Yeah, ain't that the truth? <laughs>
1: uh so how about yours what what route did you go down
0: yeah i I went down a slightly different angle i i guess i'm just not done with animals uh because both my movies that i remixed have uh the animals point of view i like Uh, that so this movie is called sorry not sorry good title uh so just like seeking a friend the world is ending uh there's an asteroid headed towards us and nobody can stop it there are 21 days left dodge is a lonely steve Carell, man uh and he passes out in the park and wakes up with a dog in the note sorry uh and then sorry speaks to dodge through his mind and is like stand up motherfucker it's time to go uh, I imagine that that sorry has a really gravelly voice, or maybe he sounds like Harvey Firestein. Uh, you know, who, who knows? Like, it's just something where it's like a real gritty dog. Um, Or maybe we could get Gilbert Godfrey.
1: I don't think of Gilbert Godfrey when I think of Gritty, but I do like, I do like Gilbert Godfrey. Just
0: somebody whose who's vocals are, are really discordant with a cute little dog. Right. Um, so Dodge finds that he's compelled to do what Sari tells him to do, and Dodge asks Sorry what he is, and the dog replies, I'm a hellhound. Soon the world will be ours, but I'll start with you. So Dodge has to do whatever the dog says. Uh, and then Sari tells him to throw a Molotov cocktail into an open car. Dodge does it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's when the mayhem begins. So a lot of the rioting activity is Dodge being <laughs> directed by this dog to start start shit up.
1: Did you um, ever see this, – this sounds like Summer of Sam meets – a boy and his dog. Did you ever see a boy and his dog?
0: I didn't see a boy and his dog, but I know that that is that is kind of like an apocalypse trope, right? Is a man yeah. and his dog. And, so the, and they people.
1: communicate telepathically.
0: Really, and yeah. and isn't there? Um, what is it? I am Legend too. Man oh, and his yeah. dog,
1: but there's um, no there's no telepathic communication in that one.
0: Right. No, I just it seems like a man traveling alone with a dog is a common theme for end of the yeah. world movies. But I like
1: the. I don't know if it's Summer of Sam, but the guy who said the crazy guy who said that his dog told him to kill people.
0: I think that was. I think that was Son of Sam.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So Dodge goes back to his apartment. Uh. But he's trying to stop Sorry from interfering with anyone. But then Sorry sees Owen uh dodge's neighbor's deadbeat boyfriend sorry tells dodge to kill owen penny witnesses the murder and she starts (laughs) screaming and then sorry tells dodge to kill her but then dodge tries to refuse so sorry says "Well, we'll, we'll take her hostage um so penny can't hear sorry's thoughts and she just thinks dodge is insane and even though he insists that the dog is telling him what to do and he has to do it obviously she doesn't believe him uh dodge asks sorry where they're going sorry tells them to go to washington dc um so now you know along the way maybe we'll get more killings maybe they'll go to frenzies penny will try to escape and sorry will make dodge kill everyone um uh maybe sorry will continue to psychologically torture dodge and wait because he's a hellhound that's his job uh and then uh yeah and then there's the world ending so when they finally make it to dc and sorry directs dodge to infiltrate the white house that's when you get to see all these guards get killed it's just a freaking massacre and Penny is horrified. Uh, so
1: does does Dodge get like hell powers to make him a super killer? Like can 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 the dog give him like I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a you know like a Helsing when Elucard opens up his power level because he's restricted by the Helsing people. Like,
0: Ooh, that's a good note. You know, I didn't think about that because. It, my my pitch is a lot less detailed than yours um i just this week i i wasn't able to to think of you know i was it's more the elevator pitch but i like that ad so by the time we get to the white house scene um because you know sorry wants to go right to the top
1: right right and so to the just top just dodges his henchman kind of and he's got all these devil powers yes. But you yes. know obviously the more devil powers he gets the the worse things happen. But
0: yeah, maybe sorry, maybe sorry bites uh dodge at one point and it infects him. Yeah. And and he kind of becomes like a hybrid hell beast. Um so but yeah, it's just it's just a total bloodbath. But they make it to the White House bunker, which is obviously the only bunker that's going to make it through that apocalypse. Um and then Sari gives his final order. He says, behind this door is a bunker, but only one of you will come with me. Kill each other. Whoa. And then this is the first time Penny can hear him. And she's like, You're, you are telling the truth. I can hear him. Uh, but then she turns on Sari and she and Dodge manage to lock Sari inside a closet. And then they head into the bunker together. Mm. And then they close it. Time jump. <laughs> Penny and Dodge have been in the bunker a little, say, for six months, maybe more. Uh, they open the door cautiously to see what's left. And then what rises before them is the mutated, giant form of sorry. Like he's blossomed into his full hellhound self. And he says, or he growls. You should have stayed inside, and then he tears them apart.
1: Oh, I like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I just maybe I'm more Shyamalan than I give myself credit for. Um, I, 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 I know I say a lot about how I don't like twists. I, I really prefer suspense where you know what's coming, but I just couldn't help it. I wanted Sorry to get his day.
1: Yeah, and dogs dogs do that right like if their people leave they'll they'll stay where the people were like dogs have this sense of like this is where i should be so of course sorry would be like no I, i'm gonna stay here by the opening to the bunker and this is just gonna be my little hangout spot and then when the door opens he's like oh yeah and i'm a hillhound rawr, 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 rawr. i'm gonna eat you <laughs>
0: Yeah, I just, I like the idea, like, he says he's a hellhound, but he looks like a cute little dog, and then you don't actually see his real form until the very end.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that would be, I like it.
0: I am glad. Yeah, no, I I, I had a little bit of a tough time. I wasn't sure where where exactly to go. I think, uh, what was it, the last uh the last horror i did was more of a thriller so i didn't go back into that territory
1: yeah i mean for mine every once in a while i just like to come up with the grumpy hero and just come up with kill scenes my movie he is, is basically irresistible yeah the
0: grumpy I, hero is one of our shared favorite catnips
1: yeah it's my go-to horror movie if i'm just like I just really don't know what string to pull on this rom-com to make it horror. Like, if I don't have an idea, I'm like, you know what? Grumpy hero who hates killing but has to kill to do good. That's it. That's my movie. Let's come up with a scenario.
0: It is the gift that keeps on giving. All right. Well... It sounds like that is it for our remixes. Before we get into our love bites, shall we do some housekeeping?
1: Housekeeping? Uh, yeah, if you want to email us, email us at necromancerpodcast at gmail.com.
0: You can get to us on Instagram at the Necromancer Podcast. Uh, And we are on Twitter and Facebook as The Necromancer Pod.
1: That's right. Uh, Be sure to like, review, share, help, five stars, all that stuff.
0: All of the things. It helps us get noticed. Tell your friends.
1: Yeah. Um, And if you have any suggestions for themes or, or movies, anything like that, Emails and social medias. Let us know. We want to we help us help you. Absolutely.
0: All right. What love bite do you have for us this week? What would you like to recommend?
1: Ooh, uh, I do have one love bite for this week, but I'm going to follow up on a couple other love bites. One. Greece, the movie Greece. We talked about it in one of our episodes because we mentioned the car flying away. We we mentioned somehow you we finally saw it. Yeah, uh, it was my mom's birthday and I went to visit her for her birthday, and we were like, Sony and I were like, what movie do you want to watch?" And she said, "I want to watch Greece." So I said, "Okay, let's watch Greece." And somehow we got on the conversation of John Travolta. I think because we're watching that Nexium documentary on HBO. It's mm-hmm. about cults, which is very Scientology. So I think it went Nexium Scientology John Travolta Greece is how we got there. Chaos um, theory. Right. But yeah, I finally saw Greece. It's fine. I, I didn't really like it. Uh I like <laughs> what nothing did happened. You- there was no conflict in the entire thing. It was just there's some fine songs, but I, I got did- to see the iconic car driving flying away scene.
0: What did you think of the scene when Danny tries to violate Sandy in a car, and she says no, and then he sings a song about how she broke his heart?
1: Yeah, it's a little problematic. <laughs> uh, you it's know, so did she break uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other the other love bite I have to follow up on is I recommended getting a cat for one or two episodes ago. Our cat broke our TV.
0: So that are, you, monster. are you? No, we're going to keep
1: him. We're going to keep the cat.
0: But are you saying that we shouldn't have four cats? I'm
1: just saying, buyer beware. <laughs> buyer beware. So now, <laughs> well, I mean, we it had, to, we had like to keep the for a while. So now he's we have a funny experience.
0: little scamp, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he,
1: he did not even he didn't even make it a week without breaking something expensive. So. But now we get it now we get a brand new TV. Not only did we get a new cat, we get to get a new TV. This is great. Maybe that's what Totino wanted all along.: That's right. He loves watching movies. Um, but my movie that I'm going to recommend is uh, seeking a friend for the end of the world is all about finding friendship little movie called Scoob on HBO Max. Scoob. I didn't even know this movie existed until HBO Max became a thing. S-C-O-O-B? Exclamation mark. Um, Scoob. It's a Scooby-Doo movie. And it is brand new and it just came out. And it's all about Shaggy and Scooby and their friendship. And it's basically the Hanna-Barbera verse of... The like the Avengers. It's got the Blue Falcon and Dino Mud in it. It's got Dastardly uh, Dick Dastardly in it. It's got some other characters who you might know.
0: Josie and the Pussycats?
1: No, uh, and no Johnny Quest. But it's like there's some other little cameos here and there, or references. And like Blue Falcon doesn't play the Blue Falcon. He plays the son of the Blue Falcon, who has to live up to his dad's image. But this Blue Falcon is more concerned with social media and his presence and his appearance. So it's just very silly, very funny. I thought the movie was incredibly cute, incredibly fun. There's some little jokes of like, oh, you know, these, this joke is for kids nowadays. Like they fit in some current pop culture type references in, but there's a lot of funny stuff. Like they work out a way to get a giant monster slipping on these marble type things, which is like a Scooby-Doo trope. Like, oh, the monster's slipping on marbles it's just got tons of references to old classic Scooby-Doo that is great. And I think the humor is really fun. These characters make very strong choices. Like Scooby and Shaggy act just like Scooby and Shaggy. They aren't like transplants who are put into a Scooby and Shaggy movie, but they act like this is how we want them. Like this is what we think would be funny. It's no, it's what Shaggy and Scooby would do in this scenario, which is either run away or eat food. Um, I thought it was great. The one caveat that I have, the one little nitpick is the voice casting is not great. I just, I grew up with these characters. So when I hear, when I hear the voices, it just doesn't sound the way that I would, even though I get what they're going for in some of the situations. Like it just, the, the voices aren't quite to my liking, but I mean, if you want to be a pessimist or or a a poopy head, you could be like, oh, this isn't the way I wanted to be. This movie's terrible. I thought of it more as a bunch of funny people playing with Scooby-Doo action figures. And it's not about these characters doing this stuff. It's more of an impression of these characters acting the way they would. Uh, But if you can get over the voice stuff, I thought this movie was fantastic. And it's on HBO Max, so... Check it out, man. Scoob, Scoob and Shaggy. I like movies that are about friendship.
0: That's a good point.
1: Yeah. So that's my cute little recommendation. Based that does on sound really based cute, on like uh seeking the end of the world is kind of a cutesy esque movie. Kind, of, it's like a dark humor cutesy esque awkward yeah
0: i mean again i i feel like the main thing that didn't work for me is it wasn't sure what tone it wanted right um Uh, but that does sound really cute um so i actually my recommendation this week is uh more brett like it has nothing to do with our theme at all i would like to find a way to connect it (laughs) so i well I, i guess the my recommendation is also about friendship There you go. Uh, The kind of friendship that helps you break out of prison. Because my recommendation is a little couch co op game called A Way Out. Uh, Like many people, I'm spending a lot of my time inside and looking for ways to connect and spend time with my partner. And we are playing a game. uh, It's called A Way Out, where you play as two convicts who plan together how to escape from prison and then get revenge on the guy who put you there. And it's the same guy. So you've got this thriller plot where we are going after the same guy. And then you have to work together to solve different puzzles and problems that are presented as points in the story in order to move forward and then i think that this is a fun game because uh it's not a very long game it's not too hard to play. I think that it's good for all skill levels. So if you're somebody who never plays video games, but you want to do something with your partner, I feel like this is a game that you could play. And then if you are somebody who's really experienced playing games, it's accessible for, you know, your partner who doesn't. So I think that that is something that I really treasure about a couch co-op game is just that it's accessible. And I don't know, it's a fun way to spend a half an hour or so to just move through this story. And it presents you with points where you get to make certain decisions and then you have to agree on which Mm -hmm. decision to make. So for example, in the beginning we had to decide whether or not we were going to steal a cop car to go over this bridge or if we were going to climb across the bottom of the bridge without being found. And my partner, Doug, wanted to steal the cop car. And I said, okay, we'll, we'll steal the cop car. But then later we had a different decision where we had to choose between attacking an old couple in their house to go steal their clothes in their car or we could distract them by letting the horses go from their barn. And I would not allow Doug to hurt the old couple. I was very adamant that I was not going to do that. So the game might start interesting discussions between you and the person you play it with.
1: Yeah. I, I usually, when I play games like that, I'm like, it's a game. I'm just going to be as violent as I can. I don't care who's innocent. I don't care what. I don't care how brutally I kill them. I am just going to kill them. And then if I got to that part where I had to kill the old couple, I'd be like, I, I can't do it. I'm just going to let the horses out. <laughs> like I'm always like, I'm just going to do it. And then I feel so bad.
0: I can't. I couldn't hurt them. I didn't want. I didn't want to choose that and have them end up dead. I wasn't sure if that would happen. And the truth is, I ended up killing a lot of cops after I made right. that decision. So, I mean, let's let's be real. Would it have been better? <laughs> or not? It's a real. It's a real trolley situation,
1: right? Uh, what is, is it like? A third person.
0: Yes, it's 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 third person action. Yeah, the there's a lot of stealth elements. There's some shooting, a lot of a few quick time events. Sure. (laughs) Um, but mostly it's mostly it's problem solving and and doing puzzles where you both players have to work together to solve the puzzle. Now it's not at a at a Portal Two level, which I mean, how how do you get as good as Portal Two when it comes to a couch co-op game? You like don't. they really, they really aced it. They need to come out with another one.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, Valve and Three are don't exist, right?
0: I Half don't Life know 3,
1: Portal Three, uh, other game Three. They just can't do it. Uh, did you ever play Manhunt? No. No, Manhunt is a very violent stealth game where you're in prison and you got to get out and kill the guy who's in charge of it. Yeah. Very similar.
0: So how does, how does that relate to the, uh, to the end of the world?
1: Uh, well, no, Manhunt just kind of reminded me of a way out. Oh
0: no, I, no, I meant, I meant how does a way out relate to the end of the world then?
1: Oh, um, well, your personal world could be, and they have to steal a car. They stole a car in the end of the world.
0: That's true. Yes. Carjacking is, is the common friendship and carjacking. That's right. All right. Well, on that note, let us end the world. Sayonara.